be talking about uh, the day of the Lord's return. Now, there are some messages, as far as I'm concerned as a pastor, I don't see myself ever getting it, getting it over. You know, I, there's some message you keep on ministering. You have to keep doing it until people can say, oh, I can see it now. And that's what I have to do here. The day of the Lord's return. Now, we're talking about 2 Timothy 4, 8. I'm going to read that one more time out of the, good, out of the King James. Then I'm going to go to the good, I mean, NLT, and I'm going to read out the NLT. Same four verses. It says in verse 8, henceforth. So we're in verse number 8 now, only out of the King James. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me. Now you got to hear Paul saying he's going to give it to me. Now we're talking about Paul lived 2,000 years ago. He said he's going to give to me at that day. Give to me at that day. I want you to think with me. And then it says, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Now, what religion taught us, and when I say religion, people misunderstood the Bible. That's what I call religion. People taking other people's word for it instead of the Bible. So that's why I say to people is, when, you, when you're going to be in a court, if you're going to represent the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what I look at this, this as. Represent the Lord Jesus Christ uh, as his spokesperson, ambassador, like the Apostle Paul said. If you're going to do that, you have to have evidence. And you have to understand, you have to have the scriptures to back up what you're saying. So when people say Pastor Crump don't know what he's talking about, Pastor Crump going to give you the scriptures. Now, I, I would like people to do, do me the same way. Don't wait to every tragedy and try to define the coming of the Lord by the tragedy. You know, we, we just saw this happen. I prayed for these people this morning on the way to church uh, in the storm, the six states. People lost family. And what we will use in the message this morning would be, well, you know it's getting closer to the Lord's coming. Now, that's not why those people passed away. It was a tornado. It had nothing to do with the last days. See, what people do is say, now, well, you know it's the last days. That way we're supposed to understand. Have no scripture. I, I want to mind you what I'm saying. They have no, there's no scripture in the Bible to tell you you are in the last day. Amen. So I'm going to be talking about the day of the Lord's return, part number three, volume one. Paul finished his course. We have a long way to go. And believe me, I pray to God that I get a chance to finish this series. Because this series here is going to set everything straight. All right, so let's go to work, shall we? The day of the Lord's return. Now, the first thing I want to do is, I want to, when I say Paul finished his course, we, 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 we told you last week, this word course 
is a race. Now, I don't, I don't believe Paul was going to race 2,000 years. But that's what people are saying. Paul was talking about the next five years. At that time, it was approximately A.D. 64, if your Bible would tell you that. And Jerusalem was destroyed in A.D. 70. So if you look at the end of the book of the book of Acts, you'll see Paul was in his own hired house. Guarded by soldiers. But he was there so he was able to minister to all of them that came to him. So we don't give you the exact date because I don't know. It's AD 64, AD 65, 66, something like that. But it had to be before AD 70. All right, so he finished his course. That word course means race. We gave you that word. Then we told you his assignment. Because Paul was given an assignment. And today you're going to learn something else about Paul. What was Paul's ministry to the church? Now the church here was the church of God. Paul ministered to the church of God and he ministered to the body of Christ. So I want you to understand that at that time, what people are talking about was the first century church, which is the church of God. So when I get to some of these books, I'm going to read the first chapter and they're going to tell you the church of God. Now, I'm going to present my case because I have five, six witnesses. I'm going to say at least five. I got Jesus going to be one of my witnesses in his teachings. Then I got Paul going to be one of my witnesses in his teaching. Then I got Peter who's going to tell us in his teaching. Then I got James, the apostle Peter, the apostle James, the apostle Paul. These are apostles who wrote the Bible, who's telling us what we need to hear about the day of the Lord's return. And then we got John, who wrote to you 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the book of John, and the book of Revelation. So we got six witnesses. Did I name six? Y'all, y'all supposed to be with me there. I thought you were going to put down that. All right. I just said how many? It's six, right? All right. Now, we're going to go to each one of them. Let's start off with witness number one. We're going to call them to the witness stand. The Lord Jesus himself. Let's see what he says about his own return. Are y'all excited about the word? Amen. All right, let's go to the Gospel of St. John. I said I'm going to read 2 Timothy 4.8. I do that later when I do, it, when I do Paul. Let's go to the Gospel of John, St. John. And let's go to the chapter 14, verse 1 through 6. Now the Lord getting ready to testify. Lord, I hate to put you on the stand, but I got to use your word this morning because we got to clear up something. The people who in my generation don't think that you have come yet. So I want you to put down in your notes your mindset. So you got to have you got to change your mind. That's why when, 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 when Jesus came, Paul came, they used word like repent. Now, the word repent means in the New Covenant, change your thinking. Change your, you can't use an old mindset in no New Testament. Because they're not talking about the same thing. 
And Old Testament is natural, New Testament is spiritual. So you're going to have to be born of the Spirit. That means the Holy Ghost is going to have to, what I call, flip your mind. Y'all know about that, don't you? And you want to hit something and flip it over. You got a telephone. You, you can go to, from photo to video. All you do is flip it. Then you can, your camera can look at you and look at you. Look at them and look at, what do you do? You flipped it. So we learning new words, ain't we? We already know, though, don't we? All right. I'm the one learning, right? That's what my daughter tells me. All right. We already know that, Dad. Okay. Now, let's go to the Gospel of John chapter 14. Now, I'm going to be reading this uh, out of. Now, what I want you to write down in your notes, that you could understand John. He is talking to his bride. I want you to write that down. You don't write down nothing else. Know who you're talking to. Jesus is teaching, but who is he talking to? I need you to respond to me. He's talking to his bride. He's talking to his church, his bride. And I'm going to show you that Jesus, matter of fact, let's go back further than that. Let's go back to the Gospel of St. John on the screen. Now, you're giving me this out of the NLT now. The Gospel of John, St. John. I said to you before what our subject is, right? How many remember? The day of the Lord's return. This is part three, volume one. On the series, Paul finished his course. Is that right? And I use 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. All right, for those who... Now let's go to the Gospel of John, and let's go to chapter number 3. And let's hear... I got to have another witness to do this. We're going to have John the Baptist to come on the stand. Lord, you can come back down. We're going to use John first. And let's go and see what John says. The Gospel of John, chapter 3. And I want, I want you to, to hear what John's saying. And when you begin to see what John is saying about who he is. I want to make sure I got the right scriptures here. When John began to tell us who he is, then we're going to see all the different things that we've been coming. John 3, 27. We're going to start right there. I didn't mark it in this Bible. I marked it in my King James. John chapter 3, verse 27. Now, I just want to look at verse 27 through 29. Now remember, John is a friend of the bridegroom. You, you're an American. What's the friend of a bridegroom? The best man. Thank you. Some of y'all still ain't got it, huh? When you still do a wedding, I comes up here with the man getting married. He's called what? Come on, I need y'all to help me here. He's called the groom. It's not hard. And then there's a man that comes up here with him. He's the friend of the bride, of the groom, right? Who is he called? He's the best man. All right. Thank you very much for helping me out. Appreciate that. All right. Now you have how many people in the wedding? Actually, the marriage. We're not going to talk about the wedding. We're going to talk about the marriage. 
you have to understand there's a difference in the marriage and the wedding. So many people confuse those two. God told me to write a book. I got to go and do it. Because there's the wedding and there is the marriage. So let's talk about the marriage. When you get the marriage, you got four people. You got the father who's going to give his son away or his daughter away. We're going to say daughter. Right, you're right. The father's going to get a daughter away. That's two. Then over here with me, y'all forgot already? Just two. But you see me every Sunday. Who's standing here? Me and the, and the groom and the, and the, and the best man. Three. Me, the groom and the best man. That's three. Then the father's coming down the highway with his daughter, right? See the five people? All right, so we're going to use just them five people to talk about the marriage. Now, all these other people you got in line on this side, and all these other people you got over here on this side, and all of the stuff you got out in the parking lot waiting for you, and all the, oh, that's the wedding. Okay. All right. But I'm just, I'm making sure there's a marriage first. All right. That's why Jesus said there's a marriage in Canaan. <laughs> Praise God. All right. So here we go. John chapter 3, verse 27. John replied, no one can receive anything unless God give it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you. I'm not the Messiah. Why is he saying that? Because he's letting them know who he is. I'm not the Messiah, but he's going to clear it up. I'm not the Messiah. I'm only here to prepare the way for him. Got to find out this guy's responsibility. I'm here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride. I want your mind, I want your mind today. See, you can understand the word if you get in the spirit. That's what it means. You got to have the mind of what you're saying. That's what it means by I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Until you can get the mind of something, you can't see it. So that's why I asked God this morning that you had a mind to see what I'm saying. Here we go. Watch what John says. I'm only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride. That's the guy standing beside me, right? And the best man, next door to him, right? Let me go to the camera, I got it. All right, and it's, the, and it's the best man. Do you see what I'm saying? It's the bridegrooms who marry the bride. It's the best man who's simply glad to stand with him. He's just up there glad to be in the wedding and to hear his vows. Therefore, I'm filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become lesser and lesser. All right, so this man here, his job is to be with him until he get married. And then after that, he's to fade out the picture. He'll never be, this man would never become one 
like he's supposed to be with his bride as long as this guy here is with him every day. I hope you see what he just said. A lot of men make their problems because they're trying to hold on to their best man and their wife. The best man was all right before you got married. But once you got married, he got decreased. So you can increase. And if you never take that position away from him, he'll try to be with you every day. You're trying to be with your wife. He, he is with you. You, you have to say, hey, bro. You're a pro. You're a pro. All right. Do everybody understand what we got here? So our mindset today is going to be a cost of a wedding. So when Jesus talking to his disciples, he's talking to the twelve. And his whole intelligence is about a wedding. He's talking to his bride. Say that with me. He's talking to his bride. So to understand John chapter 13, 14, 15. See, what is he going to do in John 13? He's going to wash his wife's feet. Because we're thinking about what now? A bride. Some of y'all need to write it down because I'm going to tell you, ask you a hundred times. To understand John, the gospel of John, you've got to see Jesus talking to his bride who's going to be his wife. So you're going to write down words today like espoused. You do know what it means to be espoused? When, when Joseph was espoused to Mary... Why did the Bible add that? Why did God say Joseph was espoused to Mary? Why was that important? Why was that important? Because she was the principal picture of Christ in Israel. She was the virgin. She was what Israel supposed to look like. She was espoused to Joseph. He had never married her, but he was, she was his espoused to be bride. And they're going to have a son. That's the picture. The father supposed to marry Israel and have a son called Christ or the body of Christ. That's what Mary and Joseph are about, just like Adam and Eve. Adam was supposed to marry Eve and produce sons. Adam would be the father. Eve would be the wife. She would be the mother of all living. And then all the sons, that's why you didn't begin to get sons until after you got past the first two boys. The first son was killed. Cain killed him. So after that, God raised him from the dead, spiritually speaking, and now you have the third son, and what was his name? Seth. Seth. Some of y'all need to read your Bible. Seth. Now, Seth is where the sons of God began. So you have to know that 
because when you get down to Genesis chapter 6, it said the sons of God went into the daughters of men. They know who they were. That's not my message today, right? All right. Now, so we are thinking about in terms of the day of a wedding, a marriage. John chapter 14, you got to know that to know that. So in John chapter 14, I just read to you John chapter 3, so I showed you the marriage, right? All right, now let's continue. See, you have to follow that all the way through to be able to know. He's not talking about everybody. He's talking about the 12. And the reason he's talking about the 12, you have to know Israel history. God don't need to see everybody. He only needs to see 12. Let me say it another way. God didn't have to send everybody into the promised land to see is everything okay. He just sent a representative from his tribe, which would be 12. The 12 were elders who spoke for their tribe. So he had an elder from Levi, elder from Simeon, elder from Reuben, you got it, from Judah. 12 elders. Jesus had 12 disciples. They were from each tribe. Do everybody understand how this works? All right, so let's go to work. Now, John chapter 14. I'm going to do 13, but let's go to 14 first. Now, our mind is on the wedding now, right? We got it? Jesus talking to who now? His bride. He espoused to her, right? All right, that's what the book of Hosea is about, right? You do know there's a book called Hosea that was a picture of the father and his wife, Israel. I want you to understand that you are not the bride. You're the body of Christ. So you need to write that down. Y'all always know who you are. You are the body of Christ. You are the sons of God. You are the children of God. But you have a mother. Galatia told us that. Write that down. Don't let me forget it. I'm going to take you to it before the day is old. Galatia chapter number 321, I want to say. All right. So remind me for this service over today, I want to go to that. All right. Because they're going to tell you, your, your, your mother is Grace. Praise God. Let's get, let's get somewhere. John chapter 14, verse 1. Are you there? We are in the NLT now. Here we go. Don't let your heart be troubled. I can't start there. I got to back up to chapter 13, and let's go to verse 33, because I want to read it like there's no chapters. That's how you understand the Bible. John chapter 13, verse 33. Dear children, that's where you're at. NLT, John 13, 33. Just going to back it up. John chapter 13, verse 33. NLT. Dear children. Are we there? Waiting on the screen. Here we go. Dear children, I would be with you only a little longer. Who's he talking to again? His bride. His bride. Thank, you for, thank you for helping us out. I need that voice today. Dear children, I will be with you only a little while. 
as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Who did he give the new commandment to? To his bride. It's not hard. Just if you write that word down, you know who I'm talking about. He gave his church, his bride, a new commandment. The same thing happened when he came out of Egypt. He brought his bride to the mountain. That's why fornication was so important. Because they sinned against their own body. That's why that was so important, because that was his, his spouse's wife, and he did not want her sleeping around. <laughs> Y'all could understand that, right? If you expose to somebody, you don't want to hear them say, I was out last night. All right. Now, here we go. John chapter 3, verse 33 again says, Dear children, I would only be with you, I would be with you only a little longer. As I told the Jews, you will search for me, but you cannot come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I love you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? Thank God for Simon. Lord, where are you going? Jesus said to Simon, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. Now that's very important because people today saying the Lord is coming back for them. Now that did not say he's coming back for you. This was before the cross. He's talking to Israel, his bride, his wife-to-be. He's letting her know, listen, honey, you can't go with me now. To marry you, you have to understand a Jewish wedding. So your assignment this week is to take your little pretty phone that you're paying all that money for and Google a marriage in Hebrew, a Hebrew wedding, a Hebrew marriage. And you will see what I'm saying. First of all, he had to come here and get his bride. See, y'all watching, coming to America. Come, you don't even know what you're trying to watch. They're trying to show you the same thing, but they're trying to use the world to show it to you. The world's showing the church. Jesus came here to get his wife. To get his bride. So he died for her. Redeemed her. Did everything he's supposed to do. And then he's going to leave her with the Holy Spirit. So that's why he said to her, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to leave you the comforter. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be the comforter then, so I'm going to come back to you. So I'm going to still be with you. You're just not going to be able to see me then. And then we're going to go through all this stuff until the end. And then in the end, I'm going to come and get you. The comfort of the Holy Ghost is going to be with you until then. Now, I'm going to have to take you through tribulation. So that's why James is so important. 
So James is going to come out and say, be patient until the coming of the Lord. You got to be patient. You got you to have the fruit of patience to wait on your Lord. He's coming. Then Hebrew going to tell you in Hebrew 10.35, cast not away your confidence because you have great recompense of reward. Don't get rid of your faith when Jesus come back. He told you in Luke 18.8, he said this, when I return, will I find faith on earth? Will I find the people that I bought and paid for? My bride still waiting. We're going to teach that today. Luke 18, 1 through 8. Not now. All right, let's get back to our teaching. John chapter 13 and verse number 36. Simon Peter said, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why I can't go now, Lord, he asked. I'm ready to die for you. He said, look, Peter, I don't need you to die for me. Because that's what I'm going to do for you. So don't be telling me about what you're going to do for me. See, the woman trying to tell the man what, what she's going to do for him. No, 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 no. That's how we got in the mess in Genesis. <laughs> Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Uh, see, that's what Eve did to Adam in Genesis. That's how they got in the mess. No, 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 no. You don't have to do nothing for me. I'm going to do everything for you. So in verse number 38, Jesus answered, die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crow tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you ever know me. How are you going to die for me? In chapter 14, here we go. He's talking to who now? He promised his bride. That's why you have the promise, because the promise was made to the bride. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Who is he talking to? The bride. Trust more. Trust in God. He talks to the bride. And trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's house. What does he come to do? He come to get his bride. When you look at a Jewish wedding, that's what he do. He comes and he gets his bride. She can't go back with him now. So he had to prepare her. She got to stay here and show her faithfulness. Y'all hear what I'm saying? She have to do what? She have to show her faithfulness. So that's why the trial is going to be to the church, the persecution. And then God going to turn her over to Paul. We're going to look at that in 2 Corinthians 11. He's going to turn over to Paul and Paul going to tell her why he's with her. My job is to make sure I chasten you, correct you, teach you, educate you. So when you meet the king, you'll know how to act. I hope somebody can listen to what I'm talking about. You just, can't, you just can't be expelled to a king. See, that's why if you get this, when you get this, you're going to understand the Old Testament while you watch, take me to the king. But, but you got to understand, can't nobody. Let me move on. The, the woman had to be prepared, didn't she? You just can't go see the king. So all this stuff Peter talking about, James talking about, all this is to prepare the woman, to prepare the bride to meet the king. So when he come back for his, his bride, she'll be wanting him. As a matter of fact, that's why you had the Feast of Tabernacles. They're going to be outside in booths, tents, with lights, 
a feast. They're having a feast. So when he come, nobody will be to say, I didn't see him. Because everybody who was waiting for him had to be outside in the tent in the booze with the lights on. So when he come to meet them, he will come to meet them in the air. See, all this stuff, it just flows right out if you know what you're reading. All right, here we go. Watch what he says. John 14, verse 2. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If there was not so, I wouldn't have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. My God. When everything is ready, somebody said, when everything is ready. When everything is ready, I will come and get you. Is he talking to you yet? See, that's what I'm saying. If you read the Bible, you know people lying. And then they get mad because you don't believe them. Pastor Crump don't believe the Lord returned. He thinks the Lord already came. He has. He's not talking to you. Watch what it says. Once again. When everything is ready, I will come and get you. So that you will always be with me where I am. I'm coming to get you. So you'll always be with me where I am. Who did he come and get in Revelation chapter 7? He came got his church. 12 times 12, 144,000. He stopped everything in Revelation 7 and told him, look, don't hurt the church. And he took him out. And he said, okay, continue. Hold, hold your finger. No, let me. Let me finish this phrase. <laughs> now remember, he said, you will always be with me where I am. You don't allow that word where I am. Because people today don't know where he is. At that time, this is where he was. Here it is. Verse 5 says, And you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas says. We have no idea. <laughs> he didn't. Where are you going? So how can we know the way? Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But nobody understand the last part. He told you where he's going. No man can come to the Father except by me. Where was he going? Come on, everybody. Where was he going? He's going to the Father's house. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. Where was he going? He was going back to the Father's house. And then he's going to return. So what we want to pick up at is I want to give you a few of these, but I want to keep it on course as much as you can handle. We're going to write you down where I am. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you that right now. But I, want, I do want to take you to uh, John chapter 6, verse 38 through 40. You and John, NLT, John chapter 6, verse 38. I can give you a lot on those where I am because you got the they end. It'll, it'll say where I am. He's only talking to the 12. John chapter 14, 13, he's talking to the 12. He watched the 12 feet. The 12 represent the 12 times 12. Everybody understand that? All right, represent their tribes. What he did for one, he did for all. When I say to one, I say to all. That's how Jesus taught. John chapter 6. 
What verse 5 says? Verse 38. All right, John chapter 6. He just told them he was the bread of life. And down in verse number 36 through 38, right? 38 through 40. Okay, I'm sorry. I was starting at 36. All right, verse 38 says, For I have come down from heaven to do the Father's will, who sent me, not to do my own will. And then he's going to tell him what the Father's will is. So you don't forget this. This is very important. This is the Father's will, that I should not lose even one of all those who he has given me. But you got to know who he gave him. Now, it can't be you. you in the new covenant. That's why I told you, your, your righteousness is Christ. And you were raised from the dead with Christ. See, you, you wasn't chosen as a nation, as a people. God raised us from the dead in Christ. If you be risen with Christ, that's your salvation. All right. So if we look at it again, it says in verse number 39, once again, and this is the will of God that I should not lose even one of those he has given me, but that I should raise him up at the last day. Wait a minute. So we, so we need to know what the last day is. There was a last day where Jesus rose, raised him from the dead. And then there's a day of the Lord's return. Shall we find out? Let me go to the camp. One thing about the camp, it doesn't answer neither. Here you go. All right, here we go. In verse number 40, for it's my father's will, this is the people he's going to raise from the dead, that all who see his son, anybody here seen his son? So it can't be talking about us, would my point, right? If it was you, you would have been able to see the son. Isn't that right? All who see his son, so he's not talking to us. This is the father will, once again. All who see his son and believe in him should have everlasting life. So we have to look at that because I don't think nobody in here has seen the son. If you have, please tell me where he is. Go to John 17, 4. I'm sorry, John 17. I'm going to read a lot of them in John while I'm there. John 17, 2. And I look at 6. And I look at 9 through 11. See, there's a lot of them in there. All right, let's, we're in the NLT. Wait on, on the street. John 17 and verse number 2. It says, for you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. So that's very important to know who he has given. Now I'm going to show you in the word who the father gave to the son. And then he's going to say this. Only one is lost. 
Out of the twelve, the father gave the son, one is lost, and he told you who he is, the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Can somebody find me that? So scrumpy, you know, you got your concordance. Only one is lost, and that's the son of perdition. So what I'm saying to you, he only gave Jesus twelve men. Those 12 men represent the 12 tribes of Israel. Y'all, you do understand this, right? But only 12 men were with Jesus during his ministry. We're going to look at it in verse 12 in this chapter then. So, so I told you we're going to look at 9 and 10. So we're going to look at 11 and 12. So mark those two down there. And while we're doing this, we'll read that at that time. All right, here we go. John chapter number 17. We just read you chapter, verse number 2. He says, and you have given him authority. He gives eternal life to each one, to everyone, he says, that you have given him. He only gave eternal life. He's going to raise them up at the last day. All right. Then in verse number six. Let's go down to verse six on your screen. All right. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me. There it is again. Well, who did he reveal himself to? The one that the father gave, which was, his, which was the 12 tribes, right? 12 children. Gave me from the world. They were always yours. You gave them to me. And they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I, I have is a gift from you. I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it. And they know that I came from you and they believe you sent me. So we know we're talking to them, right? We're not talking to us now. All right, because you know good and well, you can't read this like you gave them to me and, and they have kept your word. So you know it couldn't be talking about you, right? Let's keep going. Verse number six. Verse number nine. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me. Once again, he's not praying for the world. He's praying for the twelve. Because they belong to you. All, here in verse 10, all who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Verse number 11, I'm departing from the world. I'm, I'm departing. This is one we want. I'm departing from the world. They are staying in the world. But I'm coming to you, Father. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now, Protect them, so he can't be talking about you, by the power of your name, so that they will be united just as we are. It didn't read that way, did it? The verse I wanted was John 17, I thought you said verse 11. All right, verse 12, so we're going to read it now. Okay. During my, during my time here, I protected them by the power of your name. That you gave me. How are you protected now? The word in the blood. He said, I guarantee them so that not one was lost except the one beheaded, headed for destruction. Who was that? Talk y'all too long. Ain't but one man betrayed Jesus. All right. Let's move on. I won't ask you too many questions, okay? I move on. I move on. Praise the Lord. All right. So all, all which he has given is what you want to check out. That's going to be your homework. 
Uh, let's go look at one more. John 10, 27 through 29. Let me give you one more. John, then I'll leave this. Just getting a little boring to you. John chapter 2. The word never get boring to me. That's what I'm saying. So John 2, John 10, 27. Are you there? We, we wait on the screen. John 10, 27. Here it is. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, who, can't you see he's talking about the 12? See, when Jesus is walking around with 12, who is he leading? The, the sheep. They were sheep, right? They were, he's the shepherd, right? Peter called him the chief shepherd of the sheep, right? All right. And watch what he says uh, in verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. Never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the, my father's hand. The father I are one. All right. Now I'm going to move on because I want to give, give you some other things that I need to get to. All right. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, 1 through 4. We're going to show you this word espouse. Now why did Paul use this word? So you have to know who the Apostle Paul is. You got a lot of preachers don't want to follow the ministry of the Apostle Paul because they don't know who the Apostle Paul is. But when you hear this, maybe you change your mind, Apostle. Verse number one. I have hope. I hope, I'm sorry. I hope you'll put up with a little of my folly or my foolishness. Please bear with me. Who is he talking to once again? I need to ask this camera, because if you don't know who I'm talking to, I can't help you. You're talking to the church, you're talking to the bride, you're talking to the church of God. If you don't get that, you can't understand Paul's ministry. There's a time Paul talking to the bride, the church, and there's some time he talking to the body of Christ. All right, so you got your Bible. Let's, let's look at uh, the first chapter first. Or chapter 2. Let's go back to chapter 2, verse 1. You're in 2 Corinthians. That's why we're reading, right? I'm just going to say, I'm going to see this and say the church of God. Don't worry about it, because I got a whole teaching on that. Go. Is the church of God in Corinth in the NLT Bible? NLT Bible. All right. I'm in the NLT right now. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 11 and 2. For I'm jealous for you with jealousy of God himself. Now watch what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. I promised you as a pure bride. Paul is telling the church, I promise you. So you got to know what Paul's mission was. Paul finished his course. He promised the father. See, what he's doing was making sure he's perfecting the church. He's making sure he's doing what? Hold your finger right there, you'll see it. Let me show it to you. Colossians 1.28. We'll come right back. Paul's ministry was to perfect the church. That's why people today take this term 
and thank God talking to them, the body of Christ. And you can't use the body of Christ and say man is perfecting it. How, how many know what I just said? How many know why that? That's what I need for my, my, my church, I pastor. Because you are perfected in Christ. See, you, you got to know this. You can't wait for me always ask you. you gotta, when I ask you, you got to tell me. You got to know you are already perfect. You are already complete in Christ. So if, if people are saying that come to this church where you could be perfected, you, you, gotta, you got to hear that. That's the church of God. They were saved by faith. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 28. That right? One verse I gave you. All right, we are the NLT. Are you there? Okay. So we tell others about Christ. Waiting, warning everyone. This is what Paul, Paul says he does. Paul says, so, so we tell others about Christ. Warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God. This is what he's doing. This is what he's doing to the church. He said, I'm going to present the church to God. Perfect, perfect in their relationship to Christ. So I'm here to present them to God. I'm here to perfect their relationship with Christ. See, this is the problem. They had no covenant. That's why I'm going to show you when Jesus came for them, they were not ready. They were still in fornication and whoredom. That's why he couldn't marry them. They were unworthy. So you got to be able, you know the world, you'll be able to see this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, one more time. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone what all the wisdom of God has given us. We want to present them to God. Now, Paul is on the other end of the church. He's the one that's going to present the church to God. Can't you see the pieces of the puzzle here? On this side, I have a bride. I got a first, not bride, the bride over there. But I have the, the, the groom and I have the best man. That's me over here. Then... I have a father bringing the bride down to the altar. Now, how many can tell me what's the last thing I do once I marry you? Mm -mm -mm. Think about what I'm saying. I said, what's the last thing I do when I marry you? Let's put it on the screen one more time. Colossians 1.28. For we will tell us about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone what all the wisdom of God has given us. We want to present them. I ask you, what do I do? After I finish, I go back here. And I says, everybody stand, I want to present to you, Mr. and Mrs. And they walk down the aisle. Now that's John, that, that's not John. John was the, was, the, was the friend of the bridegroom. So the last person in life is to make sure that they're ready for the marriage. That's why the people get married to go see the pastor. Not the police, oh, I'm sorry. 
not the judge or the police officer. Because they can't present you to Christ. See, my responsibility is to make sure, like the pastor, like, like Paul doing, is to make sure you're saved before you walk the aisle. My job is to make sure you're ready to meet your groom. Do y'all see what's going on? And see what people do is they just go out here and get married. They say, we got married last weekend, Pastor, while we was over there. Okay, have fun. I hope you were ready. You ready? You all right? Just got to make sure you're ready. So Paul ministry, once again, here it is, is to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. Paul said, that's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that worked within me. So his job was to present the church. Put on the King James. Let's see that word in the King James, that same verse. Colossians 1.28. Are y'all catching on now? See, see, when you see this, you can see where people are just saying stuff. That's what got me to see the first time. Listen to people that know what they were talking about. Colossians 1, 28 in the King James. Here it is. Whom we preach warning every man. Teaching every man. That's what Paul did. In all wisdom that we may present every man how? Perfect in Christ. Couldn't be you. How many know your verse? That's what I need from you. Your verse says you are complete in Christ. Ain't that right? That would be your homework. Do that later. I'm not going to do all your homework for you. All right. You are complete in Christ. But it, it, don't, it don't tell you. Paul had to make sure they were perfect in faith and perfect in love. That's what he had to do. So that's why you're going to have James come on the scene a little later, because I got these witnesses. And their job is to make sure that everybody knew what they were supposed to be doing. They, they, these are the ones that was working on the church. Peter, James, and John. Paul had to present them perfect in, in Christ. Somebody say amen. All right, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's finish that and I'm done. 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 4. Let's just finish that and we're done. We'll pick it up the next service. You're complete in Christ. Galatians 3, 21, you're complete in Christ. No, huh? I said I want to do Galatians 3, 21. Okay, I need to get that next service. I, I want to put that with the Galatians 2, 21 and the Galatians 3, 21. Okay. Those go together. Okay, let's go to 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 4 once again. We're in the NLT. Y'all been learning the word today? Ma'am, you go to church, you got to learn something. I hope you wish you would put up with me a little of my folly, he said, my foolishness. Please bear with me. I'm jealous over you with the jealousy of God himself. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, and that's Christ. But I feel that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted just as Eve was deceived by the cunning way 
of, her, of the serpent. You happily put up with. He said, now this is, this is your problem. You put up with. I like that. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you. That's how you get the seed. You just put up with it. They tell you something. Don't never show you no scripture. You just, yeah, pray the Lord, pray the Lord. And then you ask yourself, well, what scripture you got? Well, they, they didn't give me no scripture, Rabbi. Well, I believe the man's a man of God. Holy man. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why hell is running over right now. <coughs> Excuse me. You have to put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach. See, if you listen to somebody preaching you not the gospel of Christ, they preaching you a different Jesus. There's a song we usually sing every year that we are not singing anymore. It's called Emmanuel. Now, how many know what Emmanuel means? See, you don't really know. You, you, just, you just got a little God with us. What do that mean? Thank you. You go back and look at Matthew and Luke, God was with them, but he just was born. God was with them in the flesh. You can't be with me in the flesh. That's not the Jesus I'm preaching about now. That's what I need from you. I need you to know what I'm talking about. When I say I know something, I know what I'm talking about. Oh, right, here we go. But I feel somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. Just as Eve was deceived, the cunning way of the serpent. You have to put up with whatever anyone tell you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach, or a different kind of spirit than the one you receive, or a different kind of gospel than the one you believe. So if you believe in a different gospel, guess what? You got a different spirit than I have. Hey, my time is gone, man. God, my, can somebody get a lot of big hand clap for his word up in here? Man, I'm thanking you for the word. Father, thank you for the word. Hey, don't go away because I'm going to continue this message the next service. You tune in to the Door of Faith Christian Church. We are teaching you today. Paul finished his course. I want you to know changes are taking place when you know the word. Christ died for your sins, buried, God raised him from the dead. That's the gospel that Paul preached. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. My time is up. I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org. 